Hello all and welcome to Accidental Careers, the podcast where we talk to people about their jobs. Was the path there windy? Were they jobs they even knew existed? Let's find out. On today's podcast, we will be speaking to the lovely Luke Dejarhang, actor and owner of Crown Pavilions. Buckle up, grab a brew, listen in. Hi Luke, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. How are you? Hi Lindsay, very, very well, thank you. Lovely to be here. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for taking the time to come on. Where are you in the world at the moment? It's a pleasure. I'm based in, in Surrey, just on the outskirts of London. Okay. Now, is it, what's the weather like? Because it's really muggy in Liverpool. It's pretty, what's it like? Actually, pretty nice. Blue sky. <laughs> <laughs> it's always warmer down south, isn't it? Yeah. It's always warmer down south. It was, I think I think it was just raining about ten minutes ago, and it's just stopped. So it's uh, I can see a bit of blue sky. That's the UK <laughs> for you. That's the UK for you. Well, exactly. listen, your, your journey has been full of accidental careers, from what I've read. So I'd like to take you right back to the beginning when Luke was a boy at school. What was his uh, dream? What did he want to be? Well, gr- growing up as a as a young boy in South East London, um, I actually dreamt of being an actor. Okay. Uh, from a from a very young age, um, you know that was that was almost. I think it was a school play that I did, and it was it, for me that was a, a bit of an escape, uh, being different characters and dreaming of of you know playing whatever superheroes or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my early years. Um, but my, I've gone through a number of different careers over the over the years. Yeah. Um, so that was that was the start of what I wanted to be. So you did the school play. Um, did you pursue drama once you left kind of high school? Was it something that you followed? Well, whilst I was at school um, and, and I, I did the school plays, I actually, to build up my confidence, my parents put me in a, in a local uh, youth group hmm. in South East London. And then I just caught, caught the acting bug. And then from there, uh, I, I went on and did lots of different acting classes from from a really young age and went and then I went and studied in North London with a wonderful teacher called Anna Cher um so every every week I used to travel on the train and go up there and and practice the craft of acting and then just one thing led on to the next and I, and I was doing that whilst I was at school doing mm. you know my GCSEs and A levels and then continued from there really fantastic so what was the kind of first proper acting job you know where, where you got a where you got a paycheck and you didn't do it for the love um the first first acting job I was I was I think it was during my GCSE or maybe even before my GCSEs I got a okay. uh, a part in a in a TV show uh many years ago now called Grange Hill oh and uh I remember it well yeah I can, I can hear the music as we speak yeah yeah wow so, so that I got a part in that and then and then I played did a number of other roles. I was in the bill and um, staying alive. There were lots of TV shows at the time. Whilst I was still still at school and still studying and and learning the craft of of you know how to become an actor and and different acting techniques and you know just studying studying the the, the, the art and craft of of um, what it takes to be an actor. Because I guess from a from a viewer's perspective, you know, we think it all just comes together quite, you know, nicely. But we 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 probably don't know the half of it, do we? Tell us some of the tell us some of the pitfalls about being an actor on a show like The Bill or Grange Hill. Well, um, most of the acting training that you do is 
uh, tailored towards theatre. So when you when you go from training as an actor uh, uh, and learning the the art of, of of acting, and then you're suddenly in front of a TV camera, it's a completely different technique yeah. uh, to being on stage. So you know you 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 have to learn it on the job, so to speak. And now, I mean, I, I I've seen there's a number of classes in recent years whereby you know they actually train you, you know, to to perform in front of a camera. But when I was when I started out, there wasn't really. I mean, there was a few classes for for acting in front of of the camera, but most of it was, you know, you'd, you'd just go out there and you'd have to learn mm. to tailor your craft to, uh, um, to to the screen, to 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 a camera, and how to to, you know, lead a natural life in this in this set of what we call imaginary circumstances with a camera right there, and just you know, be, be natural with it, you know, it's and then a, you have to a, learn to gauge it, to gauge yeah. it that you're not too big in front of the camera and, and then bringing it down. And the lines, I always think, you know, for like a regular in a soap, you know, it's relentless, isn't it? It's daily, 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 just learning the, learning the lines. Um, it is. If you're on, if you're on camera a lot and you've got a lot to say, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. You know, you've got to come prepared. You know? Skilling itself. It's skilling itself. Pe- it, absolutely. It, it is a skill, and I think, um, you know, learning the lines—that's that's the the basics of it. And then you've got all the other layers that you have to, you know, to yeah. bring to bring to the to you know when you when you hear action, bring it all alive, isn't it? That's it. Yeah, you've got to be a character. It. Absolutely. And you followed that passion for years, and I can kind of see when you're talking about it, it still gives it puts a sparkle in your eye when you talk about it. So you obviously have still got a passion for that. Um, but things died down a little bit, didn't they? What, when did that kind of start? You know, we, we talked a bit at the beginning about a businessman. When you made the transition from um, actor in all of those popular shows that we've just talked about, what happened to move you into the world of business, Luke? Well, yeah, it was in my in my early 20s. Uh, I got onto a big TV show at the time called London's Burning. And I was Everybody playing... will know that, yeah. Yeah, at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was, playing, I was playing a fireman on that TV show. And it was soon after that I did a couple of other TV stints, and then and then I met my wife, and then soon after that kids came along, and I hit a bit of a, a, a acting is one of these professions where you it's it's up and down quite a bit, yeah. mm-hmm. and it was it was during that time where the kids were really young that I just thought you know I need to have something whereby I've got I've got something stable and regular regular uh, income yeah uh, you know regular income uh, a regular career so to speak whereby it's not so fickle and up and down uh, and something that you know you're more in control of yourself mm. so that's when I turned my hand to the building game and, and I, I went and retrained as a carpenter and wow. um, I actually really enjoyed it and and I thought you know if all else fails I, I, I at least I know how to work on people's homes and fit doors and windows and Roof, make a table and, and yeah make a table and, <laughs> and, and fit somebody's roof and all the rest of it um so that's 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 basically that was my journey into the business world and then soon after going into the carpentry um i i met my business partner back in 2005 2006 and I'm, he's still my business partner now and then we started a a, a a wonderful business called crown pavilions 
manufacturing luxury outdoor garden buildings for people. I'm, I'm waiting for the uh, Friday numbers to come in so that I can have one in the, in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, 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 we'll talk, I'm sure, Lindsay. We'll sort okay. Of... Good discount you were to hear first. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Mates you. rates. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so, so well, that's really, that's how the Crown Pavilion's journey started. I met my business partner and, and um, we started this business utilizing our skills as as carpenters and you know to start with there were, there, were, there were just the two of us and um you know now we've got quite a sizable company and yeah. it, but it took years and years to build that up and the the attention to detail and continuous improvement and learning on the job and falling and making mistakes and you know then going back to the drawing board and and always staying true to one thing and that's putting our customers uh, at the forefront of what, yeah. whatever we did, you know? Mm. And that was the key for, for, for us. We always stayed true to that, 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 that our customers and quality and service was the most important thing for us as a brand. So, so you could have made many choices, but obviously you, you, you kind of went from acting into, into carpentry. Tell me how that came about. Did you just want to be creative? It's a great question. Actually, the, the way that, that came about. It was just through necessity. Um, at the time, I was, I, <laughs> I hit a bit of a, a, a difficult patch with with the uh, with my acting career at the time, and I just thought, you know, I'm going to have to do something to really just to to, to make ends meet. Mm. So that's that's. I just thought, what can I do? What can I enjoy doing? Um, what can I turn my hand to? And that was it. I, I got a job working as a labourer, and then after that, I thought, do you know something? I can, I can, this, I can do this. Um, and then I saw the trades guys on site, yeah. uh, the electricians, the plumbers, the bricklayers. And in fact, at the time, I went and did a bricklaying course, and the, I quite enjoyed that, in fairness. But then I thought, let me try a couple of other trades. Mm. I tried plumbing as well. I didn't so so much enjoy the plumbing. Um, and everyone then, always needs a plumber though I always say that everybody you, always needs you a need always need a plumber and electrician mm. so yeah. but the carpentry was the thing that I really enjoyed mm. so that that was it really and then I thought yeah I'm gonna pursue this and and then that's it we, I started training as a carpenter and then getting onto building sites and and then what and then it, you you asked a really good question because once once I got onto the building site I thought I actually want to work for myself and that was, the, that was, you know, it was all an accident, literally. Excuse the pun, but it was. There was no, you know, there wasn't a plan. You know, I didn't have, I didn't have this, this master plan. It was just one thing led to the next. And what I enjoyed and what I excelled at, I just pursued more and more, you know. Yeah. Um, which brought me to, to, to setting up a, a, a company manufacturing outdoor garden buildings, you know. And you you provide these. You're not not just in your local area, right? I can get one in Liverpool. You you do this all over the country. That's right. Yeah, all over the country. Yeah, all over the country, and also internationally. We've we've installed our buildings in, in over 28 countries now, throughout the world, from the states to all over Europe to wow, all over as far as the Caribbean. So we've, it's we've not just you and your business partner now. Then I'm guessing there's more there's more people involved. Yeah, they, we've got you know anywhere between sixty and eighty people uh, in different you know in different roles. Yeah, from 
from design to installation to manufacturing. So it's become quite a, a sizable business. Um, nice, happy in- accident then. Nice, happy accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it really, it really was because, and, and I never knew that we're going to get it to the size that it is today. It was just by every day, slowly building it, learning, improving the product, improving the service. And I think that was the most important thing and still is um, yeah. about, you know, giving our customers the best product we can. And we sometimes get it wrong. Of course we do. We're only human. And then it's going back and, and rectifying it and, you know, remembering that the, the, the customer um, and, and the, cust- the, the our clients is, is the most important part of our business. That's really kind of important. I'm having a I'm having an issue with some blinds I've ordered just recently, and, and and the customer service to me is is literally everything. So if you've made a mistake and then you rectify it, I'm happy enough. It's when they kind of don't, or there's an excuse in the way, or or you know you're never going to go back again. Um, and I certainly won't be going back there. I don't think we'll see how they we'll see how they resolve it, and we'll 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 comment at a later date um but with the with the garden rooms uh, that, that we're talking about the crown pavilion brand am i right in thinking you know if numbers do come in on friday i've, I've had a nice house built or i've bought a luxury country pile somewhere i can have something created bespoke it's not a, they're not an off the peg um kind of it's not an off the peg service is it you do custom builds as well we've got the both yeah we've got standard products that you can mm-hmm. you know you go to crown pavilions and you see all of the We've got a range of wooden luxury wooden gazebos, and then we we have also a range of of garden rooms which are fully insulated. Mm. As, as you know, it's, I call it a house away from your house because it's mm. the same spec, albeit detached from your main house. Yeah. Um, but we do have a lot of um, our customers that come to us and say, "Well, I love what you do, but I want something completely different, and I want you know I want to use it for X, Y, and Z." And can you? Can you do this? And in fact, some of the designs that become standard designs were inspired by a bespoke ah, design, you know. Nice, so yeah. I, I I always find it really interesting how people's uh you know what they what they bring to the table mm-hmm. insofar as their requirements and their designs, how you know we adapt it and then it inspires a whole new range of products. You know? Yeah, it's, it's how people use their homes as well. I guess lockdown for a lot of people. Uh, I hate mentioning lockdown. It seems to crop up every time I do an interview. We talk about lockdown because it either changed people's ways or made them think about something differently. But a lot of people needed that additional space, whether that was a home office or a gym or whatever it was that was kind of keeping them sane. Did you see business go up or down during lockdown? Yeah, we... we um... I, we found that it, it there was a, definitely a big spike in business mm. um, and the way people use, um, you know, their homes and, and the way people work now, everything's changed. So there's definitely been opportunities that have opened up. Um, it was obviously a, 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 an awful, awful time for, for everybody. Yeah. Um, but it did, it did, I, I think a lot, all of us, we, 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 we've sort of reevaluated our life and 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 work life balance and what's important and mm. all of these questions that come out of something that that's that, that impacts every single one of us um, and I think you know what what I've seen is more people now are spending more time you know at home and um, yeah you know pursuing you know activities that maybe they they put off for years and now 
they're, they're, you know, they're buying a garden room and they're saying, well, actually, I've taken up painting now because it's something I've wanted to do for years and years and years. And now it's something that I want to do or pottery. So you're getting lots of different, you know, hobbies coming out of yeah. you know, that, nice. that I've noticed after the after the pandemic where people are actually picking up stuff and doing stuff that maybe they didn't do so much of. And especially homeworking as well. Mm. A lot of people now, they've there's a lot more homework. And in, in my own company as well, there's, mm. there's you know, where you know people's way of working has adapted and changed as well and and, you know speaking for my team they're just as productive working from home if you've got good people you've got good Mm. people and you trust them you know they just say save a couple of hours every day traveling and and that's been the massive bonus I think I've seen from my team my day in my day job my team are all remote workers um and and I've been a remote worker for years way way before uh, lockdown but I do find that you, you kind of get you get so much more done because somebody's not shouting at you all the time to ask you a question. But also, when you get up in the morning, you're on your computer immediately instead of Absolutely. driving for two hours. So I found my team to be, you know, uh, more, more productive and, and people are getting that quality of life. Yeah. You know, I, I've, I've been in jobs where I've spent two hours on the drive there and two hours on the yeah. drive back. And I yeah. am over that now completely. Yeah. Well, exactly. You you spend, you know, you spend four hours of your day traveling and, you know, the actual working time, you're not as productive, you're tired. So I think there's, needless to say, there's a time and a place where it's important yeah. for people to go into the office. But mm. I think having that balance and, and certainly now I'm seeing more balance and we're trying to um, incorporate that balance within our own uh, working practice and uh, our business as well. So you you build an empire with crown pavilions. You've got a fantastic product, a great business. You're employing people, but but, but you're getting itchy feet. Um, itchy feet for for going, for going back to do something that you maybe used to do before. Oh yeah, yeah, the, 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 <laughs> absolutely. I've got, I have, I have got itchy feet, and I've gone back to the acting again. So in the last two years, and in fact, talking of of you know how the pandemic has is. And we, we won't keep talking about it, but it did make me think, you know, um, I am going to go back and do, do pursue the, the passion that I had many years ago. And, and I've yeah. gone back to the acting. And in the last couple of years, um, I've done a number of films and, and back on doing a TV show. And, and I've got a new uh, feature film, which with, which is in development at the, at the moment, which actually um, is based on, on, some of my experiences um, growing up in southeast London, things that I saw, heard, experiences. Um, it's not my life, but it's it's in that world that, that mm. you know I grew up in southeast London, and it's an, I think it's an important story to tell. It's called Fatherhood, and I've, I've got some good people um, already attached to it. So this is something you've you've written and you've written this, and will star in it as well. Yeah, so so wow. I'm co-writing it, I'm co-writing it. So I, I wrote the treatment, and then I've got two brilliant people that I'm working with, um, brilliant director, a brilliant producer, writer, and we're working as a team co-writing it. Um, and yeah, it's 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 a, a real hard-hitting film based on hope, love, redemption, making mistakes, learning from those mistakes. Um, but the the a lot of my work there there are 
a lot of the work that I do and the films that I do, uh, there is a strong focus on social impact issues. So okay. there are social impact issues mm. that it touches on within this film as well. Um, and yeah, hopefully it will inspire people. And there's always a, um, a little bit of hope, as I say, in, in the work that I do, because um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, the glass is always half full with me. And, and, mm. and I think it's important to, to be positive and try to, you know, impact people in a positive way you know that's the make, that's that's my aim anyway make a difference i'm sure you will i can't wait to see it when will it be when will it be hitting the screens well at the minute that's a great question i haven't got a date on it yet but it's okay. in development but as we get further into the process let's let's keep talking and yeah. i'd love to love to come back and talk about the film once it's once it's ready absolutely and how old are the children now luke my um my son's one's just turning 21 and the other one's just turning 20. It turns 20 tomorrow, actually. Uh, oh, and then I've got a 10-year-old as well. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Big, big 20, 21, 21, 20 and 10. Wow. Okay. So it must be really, I always think about, because this podcast for me was inspired by uh, my children. I talk about it a, a lot with guests because they get to pick in an A-level or, or when they finish GCSEs and the blind panic of not knowing what they want to be when they grow up and it's like, you know, you're 16, just take it easy. You don't really need to know today. Um, yeah. But the pressure of that and, uh, you know, so many people I've talked to on the podcast where their lives just took a different direction. I, I didn't know my day job existed when I was a kid growing up in Liverpool. It just wasn't a thing. So um, you, you've got to kind of keep the faith and just work hard is what I'm, I've been telling them. But it must be a real kind of proud dad moment when that comes on the screen and the boys are sitting there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just yeah, yeah. It is. simply, yeah. Yeah, simply it is, yeah. Have any of the older boys shown any passion for acting or being carpenters? Have they followed in your footsteps in any way? But, um, my boys, actually, they've, they've gone towards, that. they actually have gone more towards business. Okay. And that's what they want to do. So they've, I guess they've seen, they've seen me as an actor and they've mm. seen me as, as a businessman as well. And they, I think they prefer the business side. Mm. so uh, that, that's, that's what they <laughs> yeah they go more towards that yeah um but you know these, these it changes as well you know so i just say to them when you're young try everything you know yeah. try it see what you enjoy um and and then you know you'll you'll so long as you're happy and you're enjoying what you're doing you'll be successful at it and it's not always about um, how much money you can make because you can be making lots of money and be miserable Mm. So pick what you want to do, you know, and and enjoy what you're doing. So that's that's what I say to them. And, and if you can, you know, the reality is you've got to earn a living as well. Of course yeah. you do. Um, so if you can tie the two. Perfect then, solution, then isn't it? And, it, and, it yeah. and it's wise advice. And, uh, and a lot of people who have ended up doing something that they didn't set out to do or found a passion or, or a love for, um are the happiest people I know and, and, and the happiest people I've met on here. So um, I keep encouraging the kids, listen to mum on this podcast, she talks to a lot of sensible people. <laughs> so that's another piece of wise advice that you've given the, uh, the kids. So we're waiting for fatherhood to be hitting our screens. In the meantime, what else is Luke up to? Well, yeah, so uh, there's, there's fatherhood. I've just done another TV show, um, which is an Apple TV show called Tehran, which is, uh, we finished filming that a couple of months ago, so that's uh, coming out at some 
point in the near future. Um, I've, I've got been nominated at the Birmingham Film Festival for wow. congratulations. Um, thank you for a for for a Best Actor award for a film that that I did called Brushing Out the Curls. Um, so yes, there's there's lots of stuff happening on that side, and at the same time, you know, we continue to to build the Crown Pavilions brand as well. So, it, you know, I've got two hats. <laughs> Gives me a balance, you know. <laughs> yeah. And if you're enjoying the both of them, that's great because it's nice to throw your passion into something. And um, I guess that's a bit like me, a day job and then a podcast for the love of it. You know, it's kind of, it's what we do. Um, people can go and see Crown Pavilions, crownpavilions.co.uk. Anywhere else we can find you if they want to look at some garden rooms? Yes, yeah, absolutely. Please do come and see our products. Um, so we've got a show site in uh, in so we've got several show sites: Crown Pavilions, at Long Acres Garden Centre in Bagshot mm-hmm. in Surrey. We've got another garden centre in Essex, Alton's Garden Centre. Uh, we've just opened a new show site in Bista in in Oxfordshire, Bista Garden Centre, and we've also got a site in Chessington. Uh, as well as Hertfordshire as well. So all, all um, the next place we're looking at is hopefully in around Manchester in the next 12 to 24 months. That was that was my next question. When are you getting closer to me so I can go and have a look? Yeah, Manchester. Manchester will do, yeah. 12, 12 to 21, Manchester. And then we're also looking at Scot- in Scotland as well. So hopefully we'll have a site in Scotland and one in, in Manchester or maybe the Wirral. We'll see. Okay, well, listen, there's a room at the end of my garden. If you want to show house, I can show people around. (laughs) (laughs) We love it, we love it, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's the Crown Pavilion side of it, but I can't, I can can hear people asking questions in my head. I can imagine they're all saying, how do you get into, how do you write a film and get a director? Um, And when I'm listening to people being interviewed, there's always questions I want, and I'm sure this is one that people want answering. Where do you even start? I've got an idea for a film. What do I do then? Well, it's a great question. And, I, you know, my, my short answer to that is that there is no real specific rule. There, okay. is no, there is no blueprint to how you get into the film industry. Or, I mean, there's the basics that, you know, you train, you yeah. know, whether you go through drama school or whether you, um, you know, you like I did, I did lots of, I trained in uh, um, American acting technique and then, I just started working and working in TV and film mm. and did a lot of theatre work and then built it up that way. Um, so experience, getting out there and, and training is very important. Mm-hmm. So you, you've got to understand your craft as, as, a, as an actor, if that's what you want to do, of course. But then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's so many different roles and within the film and media industry. So first of all, decide what you want to do. Yeah. You know, if you want to be a writer. So speaking from an acting perspective, because that's that's more my 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 area. Um, I, I did it through training and then you find an agent and create your own work. Start writing, you know, mm-hmm. write parts for yourself, write parts that you feel that will, you know, that will show you in the best light or, or roles that you wish that you could. You know, I'm a big believer in, in um autonomy and, and creating your own fortune yeah. and luck rather than sitting there and saying oh why you know why why don't I get this or why don't I get that or why don't they call me for this write it yourself and then and then team up with other like-minded 
creative people and professionals. Mm. And once you start doing it, things just happen. You know, you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah. Um, who's going to see your work, you know, and like with all these things, you know, one of the reasons for, for me actually making fatherhood and starting a production company is because I want to give uh, kids, not just in South East London, but anywhere in the UK, uh, opportunities, working class kids or kids that haven't got the uh, necessarily the the funding to go to these expensive top drama schools, um, mm-hmm. give them the opportunity to, because there's so much talent out there, to give them the opportunity to get experience behind and in front of the camera. And for them to, to know that there are people out there giving them opportunities and you don't have to come from a very wealthy background to get into this industry. Because I think um, from my experience, when I started out, I always felt like an outsider. Uh, and you know partly because of the area that I grew up in and then trying to get into the industry and I didn't go to RADA and you know and 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 some of these places and it's um luckily there are more opportunities now but a lot more can be done to Mm. give kids from from areas that are a little bit tougher and more difficult to break out of opportunities because there's so much talent in these areas so that is the reason I mention that is because you mentioned about uh, um, how to get in the in- industry. And I think start off locally and hopefully people like myself and other people that are creating opportunities as well, there'll be more, more opportunities for these these young kids in these areas to get involved, you know, so. That's really good to hear. And it's warmed to the cockles of my heart that has Luke. It's just to know that, you know, because it, it's, it's, uh, it really is, sometimes a bit of a class issue isn't it you know you you, you get to a private school or and you get the best opportunities in education and you're right absolutely right within the working class um you know right across the country there's there's talent and it's just sad if it gets missed so it's nice that you've um put yourself out there to do that it's really really noble um, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you thank you so much for taking the time out for me um crownpavilions.co.uk and we'll um we'll put some details and tag you in once the episode goes out Appreciate it, Lindsay. Thanks for your time and and thank you to your viewers for listening. Thank you for a wonderful conversation, Luke. How interesting. London's burning. Uh, Anyway, I might be on for a discount on a garden room, so I'm off to have a look. If you want to listen to more of our Accidental Careers podcasts, find us on your usual platforms, Spotify, etc. And leave us a review so we know what you're thinking. Until the next time, thank you, everybody.